This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of police brutality and oppression, outdated queer terminology, death, misgendering, white supremacy, the debate of trans people in sports and bathrooms, and Christianity. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today besides me taking like three tries at the uh, intro they to our podcast? They don't know that. They don't know that. We'll, we'll edit this out. I uh, believe in open <laughs> communication. <laughs> um... So we we have emerged from a long slumber uh, to talk with Jadzia Axelrod. Woo! Let's broaden our minds. Yes. Um, just real quick, first of all, thanks everybody. I know it's been like slightly over a month since we released an episode. Uh, to take a little peek behind the curtain, I ended a 10-year-long relationship. So... The last month and the week has been a lot of figuring that stuff out. So the podcast took a bit of a back seat in that mm. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? We're back at it and we're going to talk gay shit. So Some of them should be put on my shoulders because I did reschedule this for like a week. I mean, like, like I think I think literally the same time that you were like we were trying to like reschedule was also the breakup itself. So you're like, hey, I need to reschedule. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it sure, was a fine. Okay, rescheduling. Great, great, great. Um- it was a confluence of circumstances. Sure, yes. sure, 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 sure. Yes, exactly. Um, so like, you know, the past, like, it, it, it just happened that everything was cursed for like a little bit. But now we're back. And we're talking with Jadzia. <laughs> and the best things come to those who wait. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, Jesse, you want to tell us a little bit about you? Oh, oh, me. Oh. Yeah. You <laughs> passed, passed my gay agenda guest, by the way. Yeah, both, yeah. Both in the purely audio format and in the live show. Yeah, this is what, a three-peat? A threequel? A threequel. Yeah. I yeah. want to say that, like, oh, no, it was when I went to... Um, open up the the link to get here i saw like the one of the last things in the chat between the three of us was talking about the outfits for that live show yeah, <laughs> yeah. because your outfit was so good it so was good. great it was great so uh to talk about me i'm someone who has snazzy outfits number one true mm-hmm. i think we can talk about that and my outfit true. for the live show was amazing because it was a live show you gotta you gotta bring it that's Absolutely. my feeling and uh mainly what i do is write stuff, um, but I also draw things and uh, produce podcasts of my own. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of things. The stuff I write, um, and then aforementioned podcasts, uh, Voice of Free Planet X, uh, The Battle of Blood and Ink, which is a graphic novel, and then had a complimentary podcast called Fables of the Flying City. I also did a podcast called Aliens You Will Meet, which no one remembers, but it has a warm place in my heart. Oh. Yeah, it was great. It was done all in future tense. It was uh, wild. Huh. Um, yeah, Neat. yeah. The premise was that um, the podcast was audio from a precognitive meeting planner that oh. was telling uh, whoever was listening, an ambassador, what their day was going to be like and was describing the aliens they will meet. Cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did a live show of that with puppets that I built. <gasps> Puppets. Anyway, yeah, I was going. I've been going through some old photos, so that's why all this is fresh in my memory. Uh, but right now, I'm writing a lot of comic books. The uh, one we're about to talk about, I hope, is yeah. part of Wonderful Women of the World from by, DC by Comics. By a little, a little indie publisher. 
named um, DC Comics. You may have heard yeah, of them. You may have heard of them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you go to, like, your local comic store. They might have, like, a, a DC comic. Am I saying that right? DC comic? Um, you are. See, we're making this joke, but at the same time, I've told people this, and they have given me an absolutely blank stare. Are you? Fu- uh, it's the Batman people. Is that what do you mean? When I say company? that, they kind of like uh, figured out. <laughs> but when I when I just say DC Comics, there are people who know, and that is a broad swath because we've got movies and television shows and everything. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, some people are still like, "What? What is DC? Com- is that has to do with Washington? Is that a government thing?" Oh. <laughs> Though, um, to be honest, gun to my head right now, I could not tell you what DC stands for in DC Comics. It stands Detective for... Detective Comics. Yeah. Sorry. What? No, no, that's great. I'm glad you know it. What, what, what was it? You can go ahead since I stormed the gate on that one. <laughs> it's Detective Comics. Oh, which was cool. Their flagship, so it's actually, when you say DC Comics, you're saying Detective Comics Comics? Oh, like ATM Machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun that way. So that is out, and we'll talk about that. I wrote a story in Wonderful Woman of the World about Marsha P. Johnson, which uh, was very wonderful to do. Um, the whole book is full of uh, small, auto- not autobiographical, straight biographical, or not straight biographical, <laughs> some of them are gay. <laughs> it is full of biographical uh, nice. comics that are all about 10 to 12 pages long, and they all uh, talk about these wonderful women of the world. Uh, I also, continuing along our thread of DC Comics, have a graphic novel called Galaxy, The Prettiest Star, which is coming out, uh, should be next year in May. Ooh. I, I'm I'm hedging my bets a little bit that because the publishing schedule has been so messed up due to the pandemic. So mm, it, mm-hmm. it may get changed. But everyone seems really dedicated to getting it to coming out in May next year. So hopefully we'll get there. Uh, and I think that the listeners of my gay agenda will enjoy that as it is very gay and very trans and uh, also has aliens. Which, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, so excited great. for Galaxy, the prettiest star, like edge of my seat. I'm so excited. I'm so It's ready really for it. good. Uh, so Jess Taylor is doing the art and they are doing an amazing job. Like the art is incredible. Uh, it's so breathtakingly beautiful and I cannot wait to share it with everyone and have you all see it. Um, And I've also done some stuff for Epic. Um, I've done a few issues of Cat Ninja. If you are a second grader, that is amazing. Like I am a celebrity in your eyes. Um, (laughs) Every second grader I know, every has read that. And the audience is, this is probably my most read work and it's an audience that doesn't care about who writes things. It's wonderful. But someday they'll grow up and like they're going to be the ones making those BuzzFeed articles. That's like, did you know that like this is who the, the this is where that author of that book that we all read is now feel old yet? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to being the subject of that. And <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit more about wonderful women of the world, shall oh, we? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Uh your story, uh, the, your contribution in that was uh, writing about the story of Marsha P. Johnson. Yes. Um, you want to, because I am always extremely annoyed, surprised whenever I say Marsha P. Johnson in a queer space and people are like, who? So do you want to give a small crash course on who Marsha P. Johnson is? What the folks sure. at home might want to know about her? Yeah. Well, Marsha P. Johnson um was a very complex person <laughs> sure. to say the least yeah. uh she is known as um an a trans activist um mm-hmm. and she is part of the the myth of stonewall in that she is the person people say either through the first brick at stonewall or there's some stories where she threw a shot glass at a window. There's mm-hmm. some stories where she dropped uh, a brick on a police car from ha- from climbing up on top of a telephone pole and dropped it. Um, <laughs> there are other people who deny that she was there at all. Mm-hmm. But that myth that she is the one who threw the first brick is uh, something that is 
lasted far beyond her life. Uh, in addition to that, she was also a trans activist and worked for better treatment of trans people in general. She lived at a time where being someone who was assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth and wearing the clothes of the opposite sex, or I'm not sure how to describe it properly, but... <laughs> I mean, like wearing clothing that didn't line up with what is expected from their assigned gender. There you I go. Like. That's yeah. that's the, mm, that's the mm-hmm. best way to put it. So that's an arresting offense. Uh, mm-hmm. That gets you put in jail. And that gets you, at the very least, brutal harassment by police. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the life she lived. She was also a sex worker. She worked to get younger sex workers off the streets uh, with Sofia Rivera, who's a huge trans and queer activist. And she worked with ACT UP later in the 80s. Uh, She's just this really compelling person. She was also a drag performer. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of contradictions to Marsha P. Johnson that I found researching it in that there's a combination, I think, of like who she was and who people would like her to be. And Mm. some of that is positive and some of that is negative. And it's hard to like kind of thread the needle and figure out who the person was. And it was certainly hard to do that in like 10 pages. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, But I feel like I did pretty good. And I feel like I got to not just the fact that uh, Marsha the myth and Marsha the... um, larger-than-life, almost Paul Bunyan-esque figure and Marsha the person, um, yeah. which are two very different things. It's it's interesting when people talk about Marsha because they all have their own opinions about her. Um, like, there's some people who deny that Marsha was trans um, hmm. and that she was a drag queen and that Old she... Queen. And that she... She is quoted as saying that she is not a transsexual, but at the time, a transsexual was a very specific term of right. someone who had has had surgery. Um, she had not had surgery and had said in an interview, um, if I could get the surgery, I would get it, which seems like she's trans to me. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's like a lot of like, uh, there's also confusion with like the term like drag queen. Yes. As well, because like that that did not that certainly did not line up with what our understanding of drag queens is today yes sure. so there's a lot of like you know uh past activists and stuff who d- describe themselves as drag queens but like that wasn't necessarily like i am a performer who utilizes drag in a persona performance when in reality i am like that like that it was less of like something being a like persona that's separate from like your regular day-to-day life true Mm. and a lot of people um realize that they are trans through drag that they start doing drag and then later in their like it's a safe space to play with gender and then they figure out how to go professional with gender It's almost like an art form that is uh, very often centered around, like, the concept of, like, gender and, like, what it means in our society and how to, like, twist it in order to, like, create art. It seems like the more that you do that, the more that you realize gender is a little bit silly. So why have one? I'm going to start telling people I'm a gender hobbyist. I think that's good. I think that's good. (laughs) That's excellent. So one thing she did with Sofia Rivera, um, which is they started something called Star mm-hmm. Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, and this was dedicated in helping homeless um, queer people, most often trans, uh, off the streets and into a home where they could live. Um, it didn't last long, sadly, but. It was there for several years, and I think that's really amazing. And it did have a small uh, but positive influence because it started other houses. Um, so while the star house didn't last, other houses did, which is pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, it's actually a huge accomplishment that it even lasted for several years because... Yeah. 
that is an organization that sounds like it could probably use funding and who at the time would possibly give them funding for that <sighs> yeah yeah it was it was mainly funded through sex work yeah but yeah marcia was just such an amazing person and to research who she was and and who she was with and the people she was with and and their perception of her has just been fascinating um i i really i really should write a much bar- bigger book <laughs> because there's so much to put in and of course like researching it i was like oh i really i have to talk about severe sofia rivera in here but i can't i only have 10 pages i can't also go into her whole deal um Mm. so she is in there but not as much as i wanted her to be because it's hard and also sofia rivera is such a big personality that she easily overwhelms any story so mm. it's another good reason to keep use her sparingly. Yeah. Mm. I feel like when it comes to like uh, trans activists of the past or like any activists of the past, there's like this perception that we either have to treat them like a god who did the most important thing or like, you know, if if that's fake, then it's all fake. Right. And so like there's so many people that like cling to like the brick story because it's like well if she didn't throw then like uh they've got these like the fucking movie from like what was it 2015 Uh, where this like cis white boy threw the first brick or something yeah yeah (laughs) but like also like low-key my thing like i have a i have a little theory that i hold in my heart that i am not married to if it winds up not being true that's fine but I fully fucking believe that, especially since Marsha P. Johnson was basically constantly getting arrested, even if she was there and even if she did throw the first brick, I would lie about it. I would lie about it. I would lie about my friend doing that if it meant her not getting arrested again. Right. That's a great point. Like, I would lie out of my fucking teeth. Are you joking me? <laughs> I won't. I'm not a narc. Come on. So, like. That's that's extremely possible. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because when I started researching this, I didn't think that she threw the first brick. I was like, there's too many different stories. There's mm. no way she did. And the more I researched it, the more I was like, maybe she did do this. Because like the people who were saying that she didn't were a lot of white men. Mm. And I am always suspicious. <laughs> That's, actually, that's a really good policy across the board. Right. And then added to that is she used to keep a brick in her purse um, to defend herself from cops. Um, that she would, she would then use her purse as an offensive weapon and like knock cops in the rib cage with it. Right. Oh. Um, I love so, that for her. Right. Like that is fact. She is actually, there's actually court records of her being charged with mm. assault of an officer with a purse. Anyway. Chef's kiss. Chef's yeah. kiss. It's great. So that's a fact. We know that to be a fact uh, that she did that. So it is not a stretch for me to see someone who regularly hassled by police, carrying mm. a brick with her as a defensive weapon, and then the police are raided. Uh, Stonewall is raided by the police Uh and then she preemptively just is like, no, not tonight. And throws like that. It strikes me as, as likely in a way that it didn't before I started researching this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And whether it's true or not, like the metaphor is so powerful um, that it's fine if it didn't happen. But I feel like it did now. I'm yeah. really coming around to it. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to tattle on Marsha P. Johnson. (laughs) And neither are you, listener. Well, (laughs) she's not with us anymore, so it's okay. It's true. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Happy Trans Awareness Week. (laughs) All right. I forgot again. Listen, it's not up to us to be aware. That's the thing. Well, that's why the week is there, so people are more aware. Wait, is 
Well, no, no, because that doesn't make any sense. The weak is not there to be aware of itself. The weak is there to be aware of trans people. We're already trans people. We don't have to be aware of us. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> though, trans though self-awareness we... week. <laughs> trans self-reflection week. Just like, just notice yourself. Yeah. Mm. How, how are mm. How are we feeling about Trans Awareness Week, like, as a thing? It's, I'm not sure what to do with it. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, be honest. I understand understand trans visibility, which is a different thing. Right. Um, Trans awareness is, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, here's the other thing. It's definitely not for us, and maybe that's why... I am, I'm less into it in the way that trans visibility is clearly about us. It is about us being visible. Mm. Um, trans awareness is definitely for cis people to be like, hey, hey, be aware of what trans people are doing and going through, I guess. I don't know. Do you have a take on Trans Awareness Week? I, so like, as a precursor to Trans Day of Remembrance which is this year at least recognized on November 20th. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's always on November 20th, but at least this year it is. Um, it's like as a precursor to Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is like actively a day of like honoring the memory of like our trans siblings whose lives have been lost to like um, bigotry and violence and all of that. Like I, I can see where it's like, all right, so let's just not have just the day of mourning but also like something where like we try to like do something about that but i don't like let's talk about the alive trans people like we're gonna talk about the dead ones later leading up to that can we talk about the ones that are alive i guess is what that is and i if that's what it is then that i'm behind it yeah we should talk about living trans people yeah i'm just not sure how often it's utilized as such like, and I'm not really sure what cis people are doing with it. I feel like I only ever see people, like, share a trans flag heart. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I did it. My job is done. Yeah. And also, I, I posted a status about this before we recorded. But I feel like the more that, like, cis people have been aware of trans stuff the more a lot of them have chosen to then weaponize that information against us. Mm. Like, I've been noticing anecdotally that when I wear my pronoun pin at work, that's the time I'm more often she heard. Can I tell you what is wild about trans existence? Tell me what's wild about trans existence. So there you are. You Mm -hmm. are, if anything, mask of center as far as androgyny goes. But... Certainly in terms of presentation. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yes. You're like you're very androgynous in your presentation with a, a little just like a nice sprinkling of mask in there. Yes. Like as, as little a little peppering. treat. Like, <laughs> right. Like and you keep getting called she her. Uh-huh. I'm over here in like a mini skirt with my tits out, and I keep getting they themed. And it's like huh. we're both trying to make it easy for people. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> right it's like go with your gut you guys <laughs> follow your heart like with, hmm. and the i mean like a lot of the problem i'll grant is that um with the face masks which in every other way i love 12 out of 10 can't get enough of the stuff mm-hmm. um the face masks cover my facial hair which is usually people's indication that perhaps i'm not a girl and without that they're mostly just hearing my voice and seeing how little I am and going, Aww. oh, that's that's one of those she hers. Right. <laughs> I mean, and again, like, I look like I can juggle a tank. So, yes, <laughs> obviously. But again, I guess the, the mini skirt and the tits throw them off. So I guess they're like, they? They. Right. Um, it's very So I like, need to I, wear a mini skirt and have my tits out. Is what I guess so. And also be large. Those, those are the things. I'll um, try. Have I'll you considered up and also do that thing in Gattaca where like they stretch out his legs? Yeah. Could 
Do you think you could wear a mask with a mustache on it? I was going to suggest the same thing. (laughs) The problem is that it's not 2010 anymore. (laughs) Um, And I think that, like, I don't even know if it would get me gendered correctly more, but I don't know if it sits well with my spirit. Fair enough. (laughs) I, one, like, I, there was one time at uh, PAX Unplugged where, like, I was waiting in line for something and somebody said the word bacon and literally everyone in proximity, a bunch of dudes just yelled, bacon! And I think the dread that I felt in that moment is the same dread I would feel wearing a mask with a mustache on it. All right, what if you had a little Van Dyke beard to go with it so you look like Green Arrow? Mm. <laughs> a little Robin Hood action. Oh, God. Would that look like a Guy Fox mask, though? I mean, it depends on how it was drawn on there, I guess. Yeah, it depends or on you could use some fur. If it was furry, it wouldn't look like a Guy Fox mask at all. <laughs> mm. Muppet mask. Muppet mask. <laughs> Christ. I ooh, Gender ooh. of the day. Muppet mask. But with a C. Listen, <laughs> that's not the gender of the day. It's the gender of my life. <laughs> True facts. Do you ever think about those people who got a mustache tattooed on the side of their finger so mm. they could put it under their nose all the time? And ha- I think about them every day. Are they are they doing okay? I don't think so. <laughs> they can't be, right? I only hope that they're living their best life. That's yeah. my hope. Whatever that means for them. Um, on that note, uh, Jadzia, what is something you'd like to tell cishet people for the very last time and you never have to hear about it again? Oh, Wow. I guess the thing I would like to impress upon cis people is that trans people are allowed to win things. Mm. I think there's a, and this, this is, I guess my gay agenda, if we're going to add a label onto it. Sure. Is like, there's a lot of cishet supremacy and it's, and it takes its form in the way of like, anytime a trans person is successful at something that is looked as taking a success away from a uh, cis person. Mm. And it's very similar to the way in white supremacy, the success of a person of color is looked as bond as taking a success away from um, yes. a, a white person. And that, that, that commonality certainly is not a coincidence as no. dare I say, a lot of transphobia is rooted in white supremacy. If you go ahead and just walk it back a few steps, a lot of shit is white supremacy, actually. So much. Right. So the beauty of taking down cishet supremacy is we also have to take down white supremacy because they're all yes. attached. So it's a good it's a good plan in general. We're <laughs> just getting out the, the horrible things. Yeah, just knock them out. Just, just knock them out. But so I would really like people to understand that it's okay for trans people to win at things. Um, Be that a sporting event or Mm -hmm. a congressional seat or what have you. Um, It seems like a lot of cishet people get kind of butthurt about about, uh, trans people doing anything good. Like, this is not about me. What I'm about to say will sound like it's about me. It is not. But there are a lot of people who have problems with trans women uh, writing comic books and mm-hmm. will go after mm-hmm. them. Again, this is not about me. I have not been gone after. I am not famous. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're the author of Galaxy, the Prettiest Star. Right. Like, it's going to happen after Galaxy comes out. It hasn't happened yet. Right. Uh, and maybe it will never happen because I have preemptively blocked a lot of people. Mm. yes smart which i recommend uh my harassment is is very low considering what i do for a living which is write comic books mm-hmm. um which shouldn't be a, a harassment causing uh occupation <laughs> and yet here we are but there um, you have it <laughs> right so i would just like i would like cis people to understand that queer people can win at things they can have nice jobs they can have loving families. They can they can win at life, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean something is taken away from their lives. Mm. I mean, it might. <laughs> Somebody might, a trans person might steal your wife, in which case that is taking something away from your life, 
Listen, you know what? I <laughs> so you have heard that I'm single now is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Watch out, everyone! CJ's going to take every cishet person's wife. CJ Higgins, notorious for you know being being a liar and a cheat <laughs> and doing nefarious things at all. Um, but yeah, CJ I, stands for Con One, I believe, right? Ah, <laughs> there you have it. Um, but yeah, I off like there's a lot of times where like uh, going to like trans women in sports and like trans people mm-hmm. in sports, but like you know a lot of transphobia is mostly pitted against trans women um but like you see a lot where like people are like there's obviously the bigots who are like trans people are stealing all the sports and then like a common defense against that argument is like not a lot of trans people are like even winning the sports in the first place right um which like on the one hand correct and good defense on the other hand, that makes it all the more challenging whenever a trans person does win, mm-hmm. because then the argument stops having a footing. And at a certain point, it starts feeling like the argument is like, well, no, no, they're not strong enough. They can't hurt anyone. Don't right. worry. Um, and it's like, maybe the argument shouldn't exclusively be, well, they're not winning in the first place. Let them win. that just, yeah, let them win. Yeah. Like, we should be allowed to win things. Yeah. That's that's our God-given right. I wouldn't go that far. No, God gave us that. <laughs> I, I'm getting super religious in this one. <laughs> Post-breakup, CJ finds religion. <laughs> Post-breakup, I find Christ. <laughs> like, my, minor side question uh, regarding trans folks in sports. How did cis people find a way to be transphobic against other cis people. Bruh, oh my God. Like, I mean, that was always, that was, that's part and parcel with it. Cause that's the yeah. goal, right? The goal is not, I mean, part of the goal is obviously to control trans bodies, but it's not yeah. about that. It's about controlling cis women's bodies. Mm. And like the problem with trans people for a lot of people, if we dig down deep enough, is that, um, the gender roles that we have prescribed everyone don't have to exist if they are entirely optional. And a lot of people have gotten a lot of success and uh, power out of the myth that they are not optional, that like this is the way the world is. And the moment you have people who are like, hey, you don't have to be a woman. Also, Womanhood doesn't have to be about suffering. Also, you don't have to be a man. Also, you don't have to be either of them. You can just float Mm -hmm. around. Like, that breaks everything down. And then the assumed power of like, oh, I'm a man, I should have this power. Oh, I'm a woman, I should have this crap dumped on me because that's our lot in life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, all that, and especially... Like you see this with a lot of cis women who are TERFs and you can kind of like pull apart the argument a bit and see the fear in there in that they have achieved a certain amount of power and um, I don't want to say comfort because that's the wrong line, but certainly um, a role, right? Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. this is, if this is not their lot in life because that's what happens to women then it's then they're they've been in this role for no reason and then that means either the role can be taken away at a moment's notice which is terrifying Mm. or they never had to be in the role to begin with which is also Mm. terrifying yes um so it's yeah the whole point of transphobia is actually to control cis people and to control cis women and like it's the same as homophobia. It was again, it's to control right. cis men and cis women and keep these ideas. Because that was the whole fear with homophobia. I mean, it seems so funny to talk about it like that's a long time ago. But it seems like I'm always talking about it like it's a long time ago. People have the shortest memories. It's like, mm-hmm. this is 10 years ago, but whatever. And mm-hmm. it was that whole fear is like, lesbians are going to come and take your wives away. And like, <laughs> maybe... And like, 
maybe they should because you're a horrible husband. Mm. I like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, you could be a horrible husband because what was the alternative? And I think so. That's where a lot of the the origins of all of this is is about controlling cis people, and that is why we have all the stuff with the bathroom bills, right? And people being attacked in bathrooms for people thought they were trans. All of them were cis people. Mm. All of them were women who, for whatever reason, uh, decide that they're not uh, dressing hyper femme that day. And they go in and then people say, oh, get that person out of the women's room. They're a man. And it's like, that's what it's there for. It's there to reinforce gender roles. It's there to show that there's a consequence for deviating from them. Mm-hmm. That is, And it's directed at trans people, absolutely. But the goal is the goal is to erase trans people from public life and then to control cis people. Like those, it's a twin system. It's two missiles headed out. Uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's frustrating and horrifying, uh, but it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, it really is just all tied together. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's, it's unfortunate. Um, that we live that way. Yeah. yeah. And what bamboozled me about the like sports argument, like going back to that a little bit, like where like, like they found a way to bully cis people. I like had a couple of people who were like, Oh, well, like these cis people got kicked out because their testosterone levels were too high. There's no way that a woman like has testosterone levels that high. And I'm like, I am a person who was assigned female at birth who is not on testosterone. I have high testosterone levels because I have PCOS, which is a sim- which is a disorder that one out of five people assigned female at birth have. Yep. 20% of people assigned female at birth have a condition which increases testosterone levels in the body. <laughs> Yeah, and this person, like these, they'll be like, "Well, no, there's no way for women." I'm like, "I'm literally right here. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Go ask my fucking primary care physician. She'll tell you. We did blood work and everything. It's just in there. I didn't put it there. It mm. just happens. And this happens to a lot of people all the time. Like, I I know like cis women with facial hair. Yeah, it, yeah. it's how bodies do." They're all different. A lot of cis women have facial hair, but they yeah. are conditioned by what are, what we believe to be this, the way a woman to present, to shave it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or to wax it or yep. to do whatever or to hide it with makeup. Yep. And like, that's fine if that's what you want to do with your facial hair. Like, you don't have to have it if you don't want it. Like, I'm all about body autonomy in that way. Um, but it's like one of those things that's like more prevalent than people believe because we have frightened people into revealing that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when I transitioned, I decided to grow out my facial hair instead of doing stuff like shaving it, bleaching it. Cause I bleached it in high school. Um, like, Ooh. and well, like we people- did horrible things in high school. I had a mullet. Like let's. Yeah. <laughs> Well, those Nobody's are coming nervous. back, so. <laughs> yeah, they're coming we talk back in a big moment. Way. Can we take a sidebar here? Yes. I really hate the fact that queer haircuts are getting worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> worse and worse, according to whom? According <laughs> to my personal aesthetics, all right? They all look really bad. And I know that's, I know why, right? Because We're clearing you, the concept of good haircuts. <laughs> because straight people keep taking our queer haircuts. It used to be you could see mm. someone with a pixie cut and be like, bet they're queer. Now mm. they're all over the place. Mm. I was like, and now it was for a while mullets. And I was like, all right, this is questionable, but you know what? Some ladies look good in them. Let's, let's go with it. Let's go with it. it it's also kind of a nice, like uh, any gender can wear a mullet. Let's, let's rock. And then mm-hmm. you start seeing straight women wearing mullets. And it's like, give us something. Anything. Like, there were some bowl cuts recently. And I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like that's a mistake. But, like, that's what the queers are doing now. And, like, uh, more power to them. Because we got to show 
we gotta, you know, have our signifiers. The hanky coat is out the window. Nobody uses that anymore. So we gotta, we gotta do something. And then the straight people just keep taking our haircuts. And so it's like, we're going to find the ugliest haircuts possible so that the straight people won't take them. And <laughs> I hope this works. I hope this works. Maybe it, it's just a pendulum swing, right? And yeah. eventually, in a few years, like all the straight people have horrible haircuts and the queer people can have nice haircuts again. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm praying to God and Jesus for that, which is my right now as a devout post-breakup Christian. Um, <laughs> can I say something? That bit hurts to say. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is the part where I usually ask what your gay agenda is. I feel like you mentioned we, we that was that. sort of encapsulated in there. So, you know check unless you have anything you want to add to that specifically let's see talked about cishet supremacy and bringing it down talked about uh-huh. queer haircuts yep. can we talk about high waters that's another signifier that the straight people have co-opted was that i see a lot of straight women in high water pants now and straight men too and it's like that was a gay thing now now what are we left with I'm looking up high water pants. I'm Me sure too. I know what they are. I just yeah. I don't know the names of clothes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that used to be a thing, especially like there was cuffing involved. And yes. then, now the straights are doing cuffing as well. And like, how, what are the bisexuals supposed to do now? Yeah. That, that really left us in a lurch. I'll be completely honest. Thank you. Yeah. See, yeah. my wife is bisexual. I know the pain. I know the pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like uh, button-ups are also, like, mid-co-opt. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really getting... It's we're at, a, we're at a point now where straight people are taking all of our signifiers and we haven't come up with new signifiers yet. Or, more likely, we have come up with new signifiers yet and no one has told me. Mm. <laughs> Rude. I know. Rude well, this is This is what happens when you're a queer parent, right? Is like, uh. you're still tied into the community, but no one tells you anything. Mm. <laughs> the struggle. The struggle. It's also great being a queer parent. Everyone should yes. do it, I feel like. <laughs> every, every single person, regardless of their queer identity, should be queer. Or their kids, yeah. Are you, are you cis and het? Drop it. You're a queer parent now. <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, cool. Shall we move on to the game? Please. All right. Uh, so Jadzia, last time we had you on the show, I devised some sort of game where, um, I threw actual sci-fi pulp novel titles at you Mm -hmm. and you came up with new queer, some, uh, plot summaries for them. Yes. Um, and I was feeling fondly. That was my favorite part of the whole episode. I re-listened to it and there was some good stuff and I still want all of them to be made. Yes. Uh, I was, I was feeling that, that those literary oats. Uh, So I created a similar game where I found uh, some real titles of lesbian pulp novels because they're my favorite genre of pulp novel cover. All of the art is so good. Mm -hmm. And I made up some of my own. Wonderful. Because they're bonkers. So it's yes. a game of, is this a real published lesbian pulp novel or did Jay come up with it in five minutes? Oh, mm. I see. Um, I tried to come up with a fun pun name for it and I just couldn't. There's something there with like juice, but like, it, I just nope. called it a <laughs> pulp for nope. <laughs> Some pulp added. I don't know. Um... <laughs> I just wrote in my, my Google Doc, it just says, are these painfully on the nose titles real or did I just make them up with two question title. marks? <laughs> great title. Um, as I always uh, volunteer CJ for this, you can I have accept. them as a lifeline or a sounding board. Wonderful. Only yeah. I know the answers. <laughs> we'll work together. Teamwork. All right. Are you ready? I, I've been preparing my whole life for this. Let's go. <laughs> Your first title Lady Boss. <laughs> hey, Bestie, I think I might have lady bossed a bit too close to the sun. <laughs> um, lady Boss. See, that sounds real just because of a lady in it. Like, that makes it archaic sounding. 
Mm. Um, and I like using the term lady because it's archaic. So I'm drawn to it immediately in that way. At the same time, it does sound like something you would make up. <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies the game. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I think that's going to be the case with all of these. Uh-huh. I would say mm. uh, this game, I think this is hard enough to the fact that if I hadn't separated my fake answers and real answers when I first wrote it, when I came back to the doc this afternoon, I wouldn't have remembered which ones I made up and which ones were real. So right. <laughs> my gut says real. What do you think, CJ? I say real. You're correct. Lady Boss is a published pulp novel. The original <laughs> girl boss. The lady, lady boss. boss. <laughs> Girl bossing is out. Lady bossing is in. (laughs) (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) All right. Title number two. No Adam for Eve. (laughs) I feel like I've seen this cover. Um, So I want to say this one's real too. It Uh, is. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Ready for three. I'm ready for three. Woman in slacks. <laughs> Listen, that's gotta be fake, but I want it to be real so want it bad. To be real too. I'm, I'm hoping if I wish hard enough, it'll become real, like in Pinocchio. See, I feel like if it was real, it would be she wore slacks, right? It would be a little mm. bit more evocative. Mm. Just woman in slacks seems... Oh no, seems if fake. this is fake, and then the reviews <laughs> are in, not evocative enough. Yeah, yeah. Is it real or fake? It's fake. I made up that one. Yeah, but you never know. You caught me. Well, if you think that wasn't evocative enough, this next one's going to really throw you. Uh, yeah. The next title is I Am a Lesbian. <laughs> that one's real. No, I've seen that one. <laughs> that one is real. It's, it's not evocative, but it does get to the point, right? It's like, it's is, is the main character in this a lesbian? This is something that I wonder all the time myself I surround myself with queer media on purpose Mm. but every now and then a straight performer or character will sneak in and I'm thrown so like to have it be reassuring that Mm. yes I am this this title answers two questions one is the main character a lesbian as you mentioned Jadzia two will this book be written in the first person Always good to have that up front. It's true. Oh, when you put it that way, I want it to be like a Goosebumps, choose your own scare, choose your Where own it's adventure all book. in the second, you are a lesbian. <laughs> you oh my God. are a lesbian. Yes. Yes. All right. I know we joke about us getting like shirts or like other merch. I think our first merch should be a choose your own adventure game what novel. Cover? <laughs> I want a t-shirt with the cover on it. Yes. <laughs> We'll get uh, on that. I think more books should have in the title whether or not the main character is a lesbian. I'd love that. I mean, that it really would make helped. things a lot easier. Uh, so that was it was real was the, the vote? Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. You are four for four so far. <laughs> All right. Next, which will be our halfway point, we have the title, I Have a Lady for a Husband. Oh. Well, again, ah. we've got lady in there, mm-hmm. which... And it's just awkward enough that it could be real. (laughs) But, hmm, hmm. Now my my hubris is starting to have me doubt. Um, What do you think, CJ? I, can you repeat the wording of the title, Jay? I have a lady for a husband. Hmm. Because, like, if it was, like, I've got a lady for a husband, I might think that was fake. Uh, like, I don't know, something about the contraction in the title um, would it throw me off. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for real. I'm gonna, I think fake, maybe, actually, because here's, here's the thing. Ooh, divisive. Yeah, because I think if it was real, it would be, my husband is a lady, or mm. something like that. But also, I think the idea of queer marriage is a little too spicy even for pulps at the time. <laughs> mm. Like, so I'm, hmm. I'm going to say <laughs> I mean, fake on this one. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say fake. Word. Uh, Jadzia, you are correct in this fork in the hey. road. Uh, I created, I have a lady for a husband. I almost titled it, my husband's a lady. Um, but I was worried you it would. You would me if you'd had. 
<laughs> I was worried that it would read less the way I intended. Yes. Um, mm, and more like it would a, be a trans story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, flying lesbian. <laughs> I want it to be real, so I'm going to say real. It is real. Yes. yes! It's real, yes! and I need to find it and read it. I need to know. I must know more about this flying lesbian. The only flying lesbian I know is uh, Pussy Galore from the James Bondiverse. Ah, uh, I was gonna say the moon. <gasps> was she flying or is she like chilling? I mean, that calls into question if the Earth is flying. And just even thinking about that, my legs have given out, so I'm done <laughs> thinking about it. All right, I'm gonna give you another title instead. All right. I, I just <laughs> want to say that uh, the main character. In Galaxy, the prettiest star does fly. And she Excellent. does have a, a queer woman-loving woman relationship. Yes, 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 yes. I think she would define herself more as pansexual than a lesbian, but uh, sure. close enough, right? Yeah, it's I adjacent. Mean, her girlfriend's yeah. a lesbian, so. Yeah, and like bi and pan lesbians are a thing too, so. Right, yeah, no, if she if she holds hands with her lesbian girlfriend, then the girlfriend would be a flying lesbian. Right. See? True. <laughs> so there you go this is going to be a plot point where it turns out the girlfriend who is a lesbian starts flying but Jadzia can't tell us right now because the book's not out yet <laughs> uh, you're closer than you think <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so excited to read this okay um, the next title is take a lesbian to lunch <laughs> <laughs> would I ever which is <laughs> you know sure a great book title also just seems like a directive Right. I, as a lesbian, I would like to be taken to lunch, please and thank you. I feel like I'm playing a video game and it might like my objectives are showing up at the top of the screen and it's just like, boop, take a lesbian, <laughs> take a lesbian to lunch. lunch. I'm going to say this one's fake, though it is delightful. Mm. Uh, I'm going to metagame it and say it's real because Jay speculated about the title, which feels like something they wouldn't have done if it was something they just made up. Well, first of all, I'm offended that you would uh, question my uh, my abilities to metagame like that. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But second of all, you you are right; it's real. <laughs> Dang! I should have paid attention to the metagame. <laughs> all right, final three. Uh, final three, uh, which are some of my favorites. She e o. Okay. <laughs> All right. That one's fake. That one's fake. It's it's delightful, but it's fake. <laughs> You're right. I do really want to write it. Um, you should. You should. There's a market for it. You I'm going to write it. my own Chuck Tingle-esque erotica, and the first thing will be yeah. she-e-o about a lady boss. <laughs> what is the thing? It's like girl boss, gaslight. What's the third Gaslight one? gatekeep girl boss. So then would be like... Uh... Last light. <laughs> hmm. See. Laurel is bad, so I, I, it's challenging. Wait, yeah. Last, last light. Late keep, lady boss. Lie, lure, lady boss. Ooh, mm, yes. There it is. There it is. All right. How do we feel about the title "Odd Girl"? Odd girl. That's got to be real. It is, in fact, real. <laughs> I misremembered it earlier when I was telling my partner about this game, and I said it was a weird girl. Um, and now I really want that, that there to be a, a lesbian pulp novel also titled Weird Girl. Though Odd Girl lends itself to being a lesbian pulp title about um, Belle in the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Do we know that the Beast wasn't a he-him lesbian? We don't know that. There's so much about the Beast's sexuality we don't know. And it's Bells, true. for that matter. Yeah. Like, I, that I, movie I, is so saturated with queerness that it is hard to, like, really pin down. Mm. Yes. Lumiere and Cogsworth have that will-they-won't-they. They. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, Lumiere is the most pansexual polyamorous candlestick I can think of. Who is the lyricist <laughs> of that? Um, Howard Ashman. Howard mm -hmm. Ashman, yeah. So, like, all yeah. of his stuff has this so much beautiful queer logging uh yeah. unsurprisingly what are you telling me that a uh gay man who eventually passed away due to aids wrote a song called the mob song where they literally sing about how they attack what they don't understand 
Is that uh, what you're implying? I'm saying they had straight people write the lyrics for some Disney musicals and they're not as good. Mm-hmm. I, I was just struck with such an inspiration. Um, I don't want to steal uh, J- Jaffe St. Queer's queer musical parody gig. Which but they I, invented I, and no one's ever done before. <laughs> no one has ever, ever done <laughs> gay musical parodies. Ever. In the history of the English language. You know, locally, I don't want to horn in on anyone's territory. I do need to write Beauty and the Butch like yesterday. There's a pulp novel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I need it. I need it now. Um. Anyway, are you ready for your last title? Let's let's hear it. I've got a duck duck lesbian. <laughs> what? That is so ridiculous. It has to be real. Please let it be real. Is that your final answer? Yes. No. I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying to the biblical oh, Christ. I got you. I got you uh, on the last uh, one. Uh, I could just see it though. I could see it in my head, like the duck duck dot dot. Lesbian? <laughs> I prayed as hard as I could and it didn't happen. I'm renouncing Christ. So duck, now, duck, lesbian. Now everything can return back to the canon. <laughs> duck, duck, lesbian is 100% one of those stories about like two girls who are like best friends in kindergarten mm. uh, and then one of them moves away and then they meet each other again as, as adults and then they slowly fall in love. Yes, absolutely. Or it's a very gay squid game. Or it's a very gay squid game. <laughs> also, yes. Squid Could go either game. way. Could go either way. It's So it's squid game, right. But then, oh, wait, who's over there? It's the girl you went to kindergarten with? But then she moved away? How do you protect her and yourself and get all the monies? And stop capitalism. And kissed. Yeah. And kissed. What if we kissed trying to stop capitalism death games? <laughs> Haha, ha, JK. Unless. Unless. <laughs> That's also a great title, and I would read that novel. <laughs> What's our score? Uh, I believe I only fooled y'all on two of them. I think so. Well, CJ got an extra uh, one wrong because you two split on. Uh, I think it was Take a Lesbian to Lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, you have handily won my game about lesbian pulp novel titles that did not get a catchy name. Congratulations! Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for joining us again, Jadzia. Where oh, can people find always you? Always a delight. Um, Twitter, I'm at Planet X, and the same thing in Instagram. Uh, don't look for me on Facebook. I hate it there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I like. It's really like anything that's going to be on there is going to be on the Instagram or the Twitter. So don't, don't even bother. It's true. Um, the Twitter is great though. I think I'm hilarious. And also you can pick up wonderful women of the world, which has a wonderful story by me about Marsha B. Johnson. There are other queer and trans creators in the book. So you are supporting many different people, uh, not just me, but also other and there's some straight people in there too. I know. Wild, right? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So Diversity hires. I know. It's very good though. Uh, I was incredibly honored to be asked to be a part of it. It was an incredible honor to tell Marsha B. Johnson's story. Um, and it was an incredible honor to be in the book. Like just the, the amount of talent between those two covers is insane. Um, so pick that up. It's for... Um, a young adult readership, but really anybody will get something out of it. And uh, so you can find it there and uh, look for Galaxy the Prettiest Star coming out next year uh, from any place you buy comic books. There's other things that I've got going on that I can't talk about, but those are the ways you can find me. (laughs) Got it. And I'm sure following you on Twitter or Instagram is a good way to be the first to hear about it. It's true. Um, you can find My Gay Agenda on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and I don't know, the rest of them. Um, if, <laughs> while you're listening to it on whatever you're listening to, why not give us a rating? It's really nice, and we like hearing nice words. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, I guess, like TB 
completely age, I'm feeling similarly as Gen Z it does, where it's like, who the fuck is like going on Facebook anymore it's, to be like, I need to say. hear from my gay agenda. Um, so you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both have the handle at Gay Agenda Cast. If you would like to join us on a slightly more financial level, you can join us on patreon.com slash mygayagenda. Um, Tim and I did go ahead and record another one of the podcasts that we do, despite being broken up, because we still do like to watch bad movies together. So we did complete uh, our high school musical journey with uh, on Saturday recording an episode about high school musical three and that'll be dropping soon so if you want to hear that then definitely give us a subscribe much like rachel pulp fiction higgins quentin j alexander jim nolan and tiny sneal thank you so much for joining us until next time put this in your gay agenda change the world love yourself um you know, I'm kind of trying to find a, a, a new way to do the be gay, do crimes thing, because I'm really feeling this overthrowing uh, mm. white supremacy and capitalism and all those things that are tied together. Uh, uh, be gay, become ungovernable. Yes. Mm. <laughs> now that's a t-shirt. All uh, right. Pronoun Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, you're crushing it. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to call the t-shirt people and be like, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. <laughs> t-shirt company, it's me, your cousin, CJ T-shirt. <laughs> That's right, cotton jersey t-shirt. <laughs> Christ. All right, I'm ending the podcast on that. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy our end theme song, which is starting now. And that's our gay agenda.